Big news, friends. Mega has a live show, which we will also live stream. It's going to be at the Dynasty Typewriter in Los Angeles Saturday, March 16th, and it's a 4 p.m. matinee. We're going to have a lot of amazing guests, so get your tickets now by heading to our website, megathepodcast.com. And if you're a Patreon member, you get a discount. So join us live or virtually on March 16th and get your tickets now. You know the unmistakable sound of opening your freezer door? That little kiss? Well, my freezer makes that kissing noise and I kiss it right back because it's filled with butcher box cuts that have made my life way more convenient. Delivered right to our doorstep, free shipping, always, and curated customized box plans. It saves me money and trips to the grocery store and I can meal plan for weeks at a time and I got leftovers to boot. Eat better this year with the best meat and seafood on the planet delivered to your door. ButcherBox is offering mega listeners their choice of a weeknight meal essential. That's three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips for free, that's free, in every order for a whole year. That's a whole year. Plus, get $20 off your first order. Get a kiss from your freezer and your family and sign up today at butcherbox.com mega and use code mega to choose your free offer and get $20 off. Thanks, ButcherBox. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Mega is an improvised satire from the staff of a fictional megachurch. We are here, Lord, we are here, and we're ready, ready to podcast. Hiya, I'm Hallie Labonte, and this is Mega, coming to you from Twin Hills Community Church, where every single week we're giving our mega church a tiny family feel. We love to introduce you to members of our church staff, people from our community, and I usually always think it's a trait and a treasure. Per usual, I'm joined by my co-host. He's the youth pastor for our high school ministry. It's called Climax. Please welcome Gray Haas. Hey, Hallie. Uh, how are you doing? I am blessed. Gray, oh, how are okay. you doing? I'm doing great. Um how are you doing? Well, honestly, okay? the first thing I did this morning when I left the house, I'm going to be totally honest with you. I was running late. I grabbed some toast. I put it in a paper towel, which I normally do before I run into Malexus and eat the toast on the way to church. Am I right? right? But what I've been doing recently is realizing that when you put a slice of toast into your mouth and you have buttered the top of the toast, it's the dry part of the toast that's touching your tongue. And your tongue is where you have the taste receptors where you could really enjoy that butter. So I've started to butter both sides. You know, I do the top like a normal person i'm not a philistine okay. but i've started to butter the bottom of my toast too so that the part touching my tongue has the good stuff on it anyway there was too much butter on this it made the paper towel really greasy it got in the middle of my pants i have my rose colored pants on my favorite pants right in my crotch get to work and now i have a this grease stain right here in the middle of my crotch on my rose colored chinos oh, i'm sorry to hear that and so i've been walking around like this all day i'm just waiting to be able to get out of there so that i could get home I had to stop by walmart on the way home went in walmart came back out put all the 
bags into the Lexus, into the into the trunk of my Lexus, started driving home, realized I didn't get the prescription that I had gone to Walmart to get. The whole reason I went to Walmart was for the prescription. Oh. Now I'm turning around, going back to Walmart to get to the pharmacy. The skunk smell, I don't know if I've mentioned I have a skunk smell. I think I ran one over. And when the engine gets heated up in my Lexus, it starts to smell like skunk. And I have a gag reflex when it comes to a skunk smell. So I'm gagging at the wheel. I still have the grease in my pants. I'm doing a second trip to Walmart before I even get home. When I pull up, when I get home in my Lexus to the house, our neighbor's Rottweiler Molly is pulling open our garbage cans, knocked over the recycling bin, knocked over the garbage can, is pulling garbage bags out, ripping them open, eating an old box of margarine or something that didn't even have anything in it. I chase her away. Molly, get out of here. So I end up pulling the bins back up from the drive all the way up to the garage. I go around back and I see on the porch my sun tea jar up on the ledge in the back patio. I'm not making any sun tea. I go to see why my sun tea jar is out back come to find out it's it's got crystals and rocks and something in it come inside to my daughter i say what on earth is this she says mom there's a super blue moon i was charging my crystals under the light so that i could like put my intentions on that piece of paper and burn it the next day after the super blue moon's done i said what's a super blue moon evidently it's closer it's bigger it's blue i don't know what i do know is this is witchcraft and my intention is to throw all this garbage right in the trash then i noticed that my UPS package came. It's my Wayfair chairs. I got some brand new chairs for the dining room. I pull them in, open them up, make sure all the parts are there. Lance comes home, starts working on them. I just say, you know what? I have a short break. I'm going to go get in our soft tub, put my bathing suit on, go out back to the soft tub. Just need to get some hot water to soothe my ache and bones. It's been a heck of a day. I get out there and forget we drained it. This is the third time we drained it because it has sea lice. I've done everything drained it two times before make sure i have all the chemicals in there right lance labont and i are covered in bumps have been for weeks i come back inside from not being able to get in the hot tub and relax my bones for just one weary second i come inside i hear lance screaming because he had put together the first chair sat down on it it collapsed under his weight and i think he broke his coccyx i can't get him to go to the urgent care or see a doctor because he won't let a male doctor or a female doctor see anything naked from the waist down. So now Lance is sitting on a frozen package of peas. I only have 15 minutes to make a full 9 by 12 of scalloped potatoes because I got to give them to my friend who's been having some tests done because it seems like maybe she's got a twisted gallbladder or some such, Becky, from my book club. Right as I am making the scalloped potatoes, I hear the phone ring. I slice my finger on the mandolin. I can't tell what's finger and what's potato pick up the phone it's my friend becky from book club who i'm making the scallop potatoes for and she's got to talk about this test or that test or whatever's happening with her twisted gallbladder or cancer i can't remember i said you know what i cannot do it right now becky i'm sorry but i can't do it because i'm looking out the back window of my kitchen and i see that now molly the rottweiler is up on our well my exercise 
trampoline and I've told the neighbors a million times that her claws are going to puncture it. So I'm trying to get her off there. Somebody's trying to make a funny TikTok out of the whole thing. And well, meanwhile, sounds, while all this is uh, going down, I get an all hands message from Steve, lead pastor Steve at I church, because evidently one of the pastors of a Twin Hills satellite church somehow got on an app and accidentally messaged a woman that turned out to be a man on something called Grinder. So we all have to get straight to the green room behind the auditorium for a, a you know leadership team meeting because we got the all hands. But as I'm trying to run out of the kitchen, get a Band-Aid for my finger, the tip that's now missing, make sure that Molly is off the trampoline. My son Day thinks Ugh. it's a good time to saunter in and ask me whether or not as evangelical non-denominationalists if we're first or second dispensationalists. Here we go. And I never say this to my children, Gray. I never do. But I just said, Day, shut up. I go running oh. past him. I have a kitchen towel wrapped around my fingertip that's missing. I get back in Malexus. There's still greasy butter on the seat. I race back to church, go to the meeting, can't mention any of it because it's all confidential, but my heart was breaking the entire time because in the car on the way over there, I find out that Bobby from Queer Eye is gay. Is? I mean, I knew most of them were, but I thought there was a chance that one of them wasn't, and I assumed it was him, and I liked him a lot. Same. Turns out he's gay. I don't so know. I went straight to Trader Joe's. I got a bag of peanut filled pretzels, downed the whole thing, got here an hour early, read a bunch of Psalms, and got ready to record. Okay, that was Hallie's day. Which daughter? Which daughter what? Was putting the crystals in the moonlight. Oh, the one who thinks she's going to Oberlin. Because I really value truth, misinformation really, really scares me. And that's why I'm excited to tell you about Conspirituality, a podcast that dismantles new age cults, wellness grifters, and conspiracy mad yogis. At their best, they attack public health efforts in times of crisis. And at their worst, it's like they're recruiting for the fever dream of QAnon. On Conspirituality, you will have a journalist, a cult researcher, and a philosophical skeptic all discussing stories and cult dynamics and helping educate us and using proven science as their guiding light. I really recommend the Jordan Klepper episode talking about creating comedy in the MAGAverse. Jordan's incredible. And I also really love the medical medium episode. It's really good and not just because I've had my own weird experiences with mediums. <laughs> From exploring cults to analyzing our cultural and political landscape, the Conspirituality Podcast will help you stay informed against misinformation and resist fear tactics. Find Conspirituality on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Because I really value truth, misinformation really, really scares me. And that's why I'm excited to tell you about Conspirituality, a podcast that dismantles new age cults, wellness grifters, and conspiracy mad yogis. At their best, they attack public health efforts in times of crisis. And at their worst, it's like they're recruiting for the fever dream of QAnon. On Conspirituality, you will have a journalist, a cult researcher, and a philosophical skeptic all discussing stories and cult dynamics and helping educate us and using proven science as their guiding light. 
I really recommend the Jordan Klepper episode talking about creating comedy in the megaverse. Jordan's incredible. And I also really love the medical medium episode. It's really good. And not just because I've had my own weird experiences with mediums. <laughs> From exploring cults to analyzing our cultural and political landscape, the Conspirituality Podcast will help you stay informed against misinformation and resist fear tactics. Find Conspirituality on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Just like the Holy Spirit acts as our intercessor, our guest today acts as a romanticizer. We got to hear all about it. Please welcome to the program, Nate Mustard. How you doing today, my friend? How you doing, you two? I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. Oh, oh Nate, it's Nate, so exciting it to have you here. Really exciting to have you here because when we found out your background, I mean, we were really impressed and I looked at your IMDb and then I looked at your uh, CIMDb, which is the Christian Internet Movie Database, and you just have such a long history of great stuff that you've worked on and we really appreciate you coming by i mean we don't get celebrities a lot <laughs> well now you're, you're making me blush i uh yeah and i normally don't i kind of stopped doing the interview thing a while ago just because i'm not well i'm not great at them my uh, my gifts are on camera uh, yeah on set and yeah the kind of accoutrement that surrounds the acting profession i learned real quick that it it ain't my strong suit. So, uh, you know, walking on eggshells a little bit, but it's good. This is a, this is a, this is a trial. This is a, You're this doing is, great. Yeah. Now, I have a question. I, I was wondering, so for people who might not recognize the name right away of Nate Mustard, mm, mm. Nate was a very, very famous soap opera actor. <laughs> and I want to hear about that and about how maybe, I don't know, the love of Christ pointed you in a different direction that might not have been such a slippery slope of like, I don't know, dabbling in the flesh trade. Mm. If, if that's really what soaps are. Yeah, no, absolutely. I wanted to ask first, what is the difference between a soap opera actor and a, and a different actor? Is it is it a totally different technique and form of acting? Yeah, you know, the uh, the main difference I would say between normal acting and soap acting is talent. Awesome. Plain and simple. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, it, you know, a lot of actors are afraid to say that, even though that's well known in the industry. Oh. I'm the only one who was kind of unafraid to say that. Um so, yeah, I mean, it's talent. I mean, you show up on set, on a soap set, you can learn your lines, you cannot learn your lines. I often was the latter, and you just, you bring that raw emotion, you bring yeah. yourself, and awesome. you let it play. Awesome. You let it play. And, and I noticed yeah. you are on a soap opera that I actually hadn't heard of, but of course, I'm from Australia, but it was called uh, Chisholm's Place. Yes. Now, wh what was the premise of Chisholm's Place? Chisholm's Place was basically, there. it was sort of a dynasty kind of structure to it, where there was this big family, and the father, the, the uh, patriarch, was a puzzle master. And he basically constructed all these kind of, that mansion was a puzzle, the whole estate was a puzzle, and all of us were kind of, you know, vying for his, you know, money, for his, um, what's it called? Um, like the inheritance? Inheritance, inheritance. Oh. thank you, thank you. I could never remember that on set. And basically, so we're, we're all, all those characters. It was a huge kind of ensemble of us, probably 20 to 30 people on in, in a given episode. That's just, wow. and that's a smaller episode. And we were at each other's throats, and we were basically getting caught up in puzzles, having to solve puzzles. We were in shrub mazes. We were in, you know, Saw. Saw. You've seen the horror movie Saw. Like oh, those uh, kind of contraptions sometimes. Really? On a soap mm -hmm. opera. Okay. On a soap opera. Yeah. So Chisholm's character was basically like a unpredictable, genius, eccentric recluse. Okay. And I noticed that you played Donnie Chisholm and you also played little Donnie mm -hmm. Chisholm. So you're playing 
you're playing the son and the grandson. That's right. That's right. And uh, it was sort and often in the same scene. I mean, we, you know, because soaps, you know, there's just it's a tonnage of episodes. It wasn't long before, you know, the son and the grandson, my characters were in the same scene together. So, you know how like in Family Matters in the later seasons when Steve Urkel and the handsome version of Steve Urkel would often be in the same scene you know yeah. what i'm talking yeah, about yeah yeah so we were, we'd use trick photography we had some of the gifted gi- giftedest special effects people in the soap industry on our show so they would basically i'd have a tennis ball that i was looking at oh i see and i was reacting to and then we would do the same scene again and i'd react to the uh, I, this is very esoteric so let me know if this is too you know too in the in the weeds but we would have tennis balls on set and i was basically acting with tennis balls whenever i was on in a scene with my, my another character I was playing. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love, don't you love to find out these little tricks of the, the trade, Hallie? The behind the scenes is fascinating. It's really, it's wild. I mean, how did they think of a tennis ball? That is really That's fascinating. Cool. It was crazy. I mean, the second that showed up, honestly, I was like, I don't, I've never played tennis. Like, this wasn't in the contract. Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> but then they explained it to me after I, after a couple of days of me kind of you know, locking myself in my trailer and being like, you didn't hire me to play a sport. Right. And they, they explained what they were doing to me after that. But if I may say, you do kind of look like Federer. 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 Yeah. And he's that tennis player. He's a tennis player. I don't know what his first name is. Maybe Alex or Sean or something. Right. But he's a he really swings that racket and he's handsome like you. I mean, Thank you me. have to be uh, like you have to be like objectively attractive to be in soaps. Is that right? That's absolutely right. And that's another thing a lot of people are afraid to say. A lo- so many people will come up to me when I was at a diner or out to lunch and they'd be like, how can we get into soaps tonight? How can we get into soaps? I'm like, well, you can't because you're ugly. Uh, <laughs> but I'm just say, trying to save people to know. time. Yeah, for exactly. sure. Mm-hmm. And I noticed it was, mm-hmm. I mean, that's so impressive. You did, a, I mean, I was just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling through your IMDb. I mean, that you did over a thousand episodes of Chisholm's Place. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so you must have been like recording several a day. Is that right? Yeah. So the model, is, the model is 12 episodes a day five days a week for four month stretches okay. and then we get and then we get and then we get about a week off and that's just you can do whatever with that time you have to be on call but you can do whatever on your time and then it's another four month chunk of that so it really i mean it's a it's kind of just a, a mill you know you just churn them churn them out and uh honestly i worked well under those conditions because it makes you separate the art you know uh-huh. you know i showed up a just a bleeding heart of an actor just like let give me a bite out of the role i want to pour myself into this by the time i left it wasn't on my own accord, but by the time I left, I was a robot who was like, you know, feed me the line off. I was wearing earpieces where they were feeding me the lines, uh, and I had to wear, you know, my. That's why I'm, if you look on my later episodes, that's why I'm always wearing either a large top hat that's too big, it goes over my ears. Uh, my character had an episode where his hair got really long. Okay. Uh, but my ears were always covered up in the later episode. Oh, then oh. I see. Oh, yeah. I did notice the, some of the pictures of the long haired man with the large top hat, and I was wondering, now was that young yeah. Donnie Chisholm? Was that also Donnie Chisholm? That was young Donnie. That was young Donnie. That was young Donnie Chisholm. That was the grandson. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that he sort of lost was, his mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how did they write? What did they? What was the story there? The story was that the grandson basically was the golden boy. He was the favorite of Chisholm of the, the patriarch Chisholm. And basically, they and the, in the later episodes there was kind of in one of the later seasons it was basically the way Chisholm was communicating because the actor was he was in Honolulu and refused to come back to film. So they basically wrote it that it, he just communicated with the cast via text or the other characters via text. So, so basically it came down, the, long story short, the reason that young Donnie Chisholm kind of really let, kind of lost handle of reality is because he didn't have a cell phone that had good reception that could talk, that could kind of access see. his I grandfather. I love it, that creative writing, isn't it? 
it, fantastic. We had the best riders. Awesome. We had the best riders. We had the best riders. What happened to well, that yeah, tip of that? that, was that what part happened of it? to the tip of your pointer there? I bit it off out of frustration with myself. Right. Well, actors are so stressed. I mean, People don't even know just that. having to have the actor's nightmare when you go to sleep. I don't know how you cope. Yep. And basically, I mean, people don't know that. They don't know the ball of stress that actors live with. And they think it looks so easy. They only see the Ford Fiestas. They see you, you know, living large and being handsome and living the highlight. It's hard. It's the hardest job on the planet. I would rather, I would rather do anything else, but I'm blessed to do this. And I'm called, well, I was called to do that. I was called, I don't do it anymore. But I'm just saying it is the hardest profession. And so I'm proud to say, you know, like it, you know, my story's not over yet, but I'm proud to say if that's all I accomplish in the acting world, I can die a very happy and proud Human. Well, yeah, and you were the cherry on the top of the acting Sunday. Right? I mean, and and you know, I was wanting to ask it, because I believe you that uh, soap stars are more talented than regular uh, actors, and you know, regular actors are so busy being on strike because they are upset they don't have as consistent of a paycheck as soap stars have, mm-hmm. and you know, you get paid consistently because you show up and you bring the talent. But I wanted to ask: Is it called soap because it's cleaner than other acting? Like I noticed that when you have amorous scenes you know it might it might end with you sort of embracing the gal or maybe doing a quick peck on the lips whereas in regular acting they're showing their genitals slamming against each other yep is it because it's cleaner that's exactly right it's because it's cleaner and also because they used to advertise soaps a lot during the production so it's kind of mm. it's, it's those two things it's those two things it's cleaner and they also aver- used to advertise and still do advertise a lot of soap products oh, or like cleaning oh, products. and sometimes it does get i mean it gets a bit racist. I think the storylines, at least, you know, some of the Chisholm's Place ones I was reading. I mean, there was one. And now that I realize you were both of those characters. Mm. I mean, I guess there was one where the father falls in love with his own son. Yep. yep. And you had to do both those parts, I guess. Oh, in love with your son? I was in love with myself. Oh, Well, my son, my character was in love with his son and the son was in love with his father. But I was I was in love with myself. And I will say as an acting exercise, that was... The, this sounds crazy the easiest thing i've ever done it was just like it was like oh like someone was wow. explaining like trying to explain like so your motivation i'm like eh, d- 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 just roll it just make sure you're rolling okay and i improvised a lot of those scenes because it came so i did the lines they fed them to me i the dad was wearing a kind of a pirate like a uh, jack sparrow type thing hat and then the son that's when he had the disheveled hair so i was getting fed the lines but then i was also improvising as well because oh, it came really? so naturally oh, wow. yeah and uh, you know that's we had a lot of tennis balls that day that i was interacting with because normally you're just it's just eyeline you know you're looking at the tennis ball for eyeline but this was like physical interaction embracing a lot of amorous stuff and so i was you know i need to know where are the shoulders where are the oh, hands wow. where's the waist and they just make it all out of tennis balls it was a it looked like a tennis ball snowman like a oh. like it was a huge tennis ball as the base a, a medium size like a, a also but i mean huge tennis ball but slightly smaller middle section and then like a, a human head sized tennis ball at the top and you have a, it even had like a carrot nose and coal for eyes and stuff yeah wow really that, cool that is really cool it was cool When you listen to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, the comedy podcast, you get a belly full of laughs and a head full of real information. Our gallimaufry of expert guests answer questions on stuff adults need to know. I have mold in my dwelling. What do I do? What's gerrymandering? What happens chemically when I fall in love? How do I handle a parent-teacher conference? What are microbes? Listen to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. Solve problems, get laughs. 
did you get to have a character play that they had amnesia? Too many to count. Too many to count. The, my my favorite was when the young boy, he, and he went through many of the hardest and kind of widest breadth of storylines. The young boy, he had amnesia because he had hit his head on one of the on one of the, there was a puzzle basically that was like this. It was kind of pit in the pendulum, and he he got his he got his clock cleaned by a bowling ball that was swinging. And so he was he was yeah he was in the hospital. His character's in the hospital for a long time. And so. Here's what I'll say about characters who, are, you know, if you're playing a character with an amnesia, any actors out there, aspiring actors, if you're playing amnesia, that is a free pass to reinvent the character because oh. it's a clean slate. So the, every time that that happened, I would play the character differently. I see. Oh, now he has a French accent. Oh, now cool. he's now yeah, now he's like kind of like a you know a boyish young upstart. Now he's yeah. kind of a hardened sort of grizzled war veteran, still seventeen, still yeah. seventeen. But yeah, but so, he forgets but just, that he's yeah. in love with his dad. Mm-hmm. Wow. And then he always falls back in love with his dad. He gets his memory wiped. Storyline starts over again. It was fun. It was fun. Very interesting. Yeah. Well, I do want to bring us up to date because you know you do have a big gap here on your IMDb for the last few years, obviously from sort of the maybe the Chisholm's Place up until you know I guess what Chisholm's Place went off in in twenty sixteen. It 20, looks like twenty sixteen. Yeah. Okay. You've had a small gap between 16 and now, but I did notice you're an uncredited, it says uncredited, but you do have Sound of Freedom here yep. on your, awesome. uh, were you in Sound of Freedom? Because I've, I've seen it several times with the youth group and I'm just, I, had, I did, didn't catch you, but uh, who are you doing that? I am in it. I'm blinking, blinking, you'll miss it. It's on, it didn't make the film. It oh, didn't make no. the film. Yeah. So blinking, you'll miss it cameo in that. But my scene and they haven't answered my emails but i'm trying to get them to, to just some clarity of whether or not this will be included in the the deleted scenes um for the, oh, you in know, the for dvd the, yeah but yeah it was me and caviezel the man <laughs> and i'm basically i play a tsa agent who's just wow. like do you have metal on your person and my scene was sort of i played the tsa agent and the scene kind of was supposed to illustrate kind of the uh security theater that is our modern day sort of you know airport you know oh everyone's safe everyone's protected kind of you know Fantasy. Oh, I love it. Do you have any pictures of you and Caviezel? Uh, yeah, 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 absolutely. Right oh, oh, that's you and Caviezel. Oh, why are you wearing a giant hat in that one? Well, you know, you you can you can guess it. I I, I did not learn my lines. So so yeah. So my TS agent has a kind of a kind of a big one of those big styrofoam. Right. Styrofoam it kind of looks like a, a cross between a TS like a bus driver's hat and then also like a a chef's hat. It's almost like they tried to make a. A, a chef's hat yeah. into the TSA hat. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I was trying to justify because Kavizel was giving me a, a hard, well, he was starting to give me a hard time and then he wouldn't talk to me because he realized I wasn't making any decisions. And, and I was trying to explain, like, well, it could be like a ratatouille thing. Like, it could be like, like you know, I'm like, a, you know, being controlled by a little rat or like being controlled by like the liberal media could be up there. And uh -huh. it, but, but he wouldn't talk to me unless our characters were talking. And you know what? That's his process. So I learned to respect that. But I was wearing a big hat. That's why I'm wearing that big hat. And that oh, was because wow. the lines, the lines. Yeah. Well, speaking of process, I, I was just wondering: Do you do the Meisner process, the method process, or do you have the mustard process? It's it's the latter. Oh, it's really? the latter. You invented an acting style. I did. I did. And as of right now, I, I, you know, people, a couple people have expressed interest, and I'm just not in a place to to teach it to people. But I will. But I'll explain what it is. And it's basically asking yourself, but you know, you're on set, you already booked the role and that's okay. based on raw talent. Awesome. That's based on raw talent. And so you have the role and you're kind of like, how do I get, sink my teeth into this character? What's this character's motivation? What this character's want? Be like, just be like, what did I eat last? How did that make me feel? What do Ooh. I, what do I want to eat after, after we're, we wrap today? 
What am I going to tell the PA to get me from craft services? A more tummy-based approach. A tummy-based approach. And I find that focusing on kind of the, it it sounds counterintuitive, but on the kind of carnal wants and desires of my body, it frees my mind to, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And by the, oh, that's right, I'm acting today. Mm. And it takes the pressure off and lets the natural rhythms flow. So you're kind of acting from your gut, but using your gut and maybe your hunger level as the motivation to maybe get to set Mm-hmm. As well as, you know, staying on set is mm-hmm. a lot about what they're going to be feeding you on set. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and a lot of people don't know this, but food is a huge part of oh, the, the workaday oh, yeah. life. Oh, yeah. and it's very yeah. motivating. I know I'm food motivated. Yes. Yes. Well, then you could be you could be an actor. What? That's what it, people don't understand. People get obsessed with the wrong thing. They're thinking, here's my advice. Don't think about acting. Think about what you want to be eating. What, what, what do you, what's your next meal going to be? Awesome. What are you in the mood for? Okay, they so, better have it. Yeah. So if I'm in the mood, if it, if I know that it's going to be fettuccine Alfredo for lunch, then I'm going to maybe be real cheery in all my scenes this morning. Yep. Okay. If you like fettuccine, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Awesome. If you're a fettuccine person, that's going to be a great morning of work. Well, a great well, I've morning. Heard of work. Actors say that if they have to play angry in a scene, they actually get their real physical body angry beforehand. In in the mustard technique, let's say you have to be in love with someone. Do you, Nate, actually start to have feelings of actual love and intimacy for your co-star? I think about a supreme pizza. Awesome. And I I think about that big, hot supreme pizza just for me. Mm. And it better be waiting in my trailer. And I envision that. And then that's that's how we get the kind of the lust and the passion. And, you know, for my son, for my father, whoever my scene partner may be. And that's that's what I'm thinking about. And and I did want to ask, how did you end up? finding Jesus and Christ specifically after, you know, you had this illustrious career of Chisholm's Place. And then, of course, this awesome new role of TSA agent Mm -hmm. in Sound of Freedom. Mm -hmm. Where does Jesus fit into that picture and (laughs) fit in in there? Great question. I was at rock bottom. Oh, really? I was was at rock bottom. And, And to be frank, I, I, full, I, I fully admit, I'm my rock bottom, I like to shovel. I, I got the rock bottom, and then I oh, grab the a shovel. And, I dug e- and, even, and who's Frank? Is deeper. Frank a character you played? <laughs> well, no, well, okay. So, you, you, uh, so, so, okay. God bless. God bless. So, I, I mean, rock bottom. I do love the rock bottom brewery. Okay, uh, shout out. Yeah, but this was like a personal, emotional. I'm talking about emotional landscape of my 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 inner person and my soul. We kind of hit a hit a rock bottom, and Frank was a character I played. Oh, cool. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you also played. Frank. I played Frank okay. as well. So you. So you were Frank at rock bottom. Okay, I answer this in a confusing way. Yeah, so I guess I'm confused because you are wearing a rock bottom. Uh, I love. I just love them. Oh okay. yeah, it's no, cool. I am. This is confusing. I, I basically, yeah, I have a lot of their merch. I, I, I mean, I, I've been a huge fan of their their golden ale is great. They're coming out with their Oktoberfest here soon. Lord knows, I'm I'm uh, counting down the days. But no, I'm, what I'm talking about here is my kind of emotional. I was devastated. I was absolutely kind of ripped to my core. It was a page one rewrite for my soul. Oh, and that, so that that's what I mean by rock bottom. Oh. And, and Frank was a character. Frank was. A, I played Frank on on Chisholm's Place for a spell. That, but that that was separate. What I'm talking about here is what brought me to Jesus was. I, I, I had nothing. I had nowhere else to go. I had oh. I had basically painted myself into a corner, so to speak, uh, with my actions, with my attitudes, and I kind of exhausted my talent level, which was limitless, mm. is limitless. Mm. But I exhaust. I had exhausted it. Oh. So so and I was. I'll never forget. It was a. It was a. Monday night, and I was out in the field somewhere. I'd gotten out of L.A. I'd driven the Fiesta from the cops. I'd, I'd kind of driven to oh, the, the tank night. was empty. 
and I was, yeah, and uh, I was out in the uh, uh, the desert and uh, Joshua Tree ish area based on the the trees that were around me and i just laid on the ground and i said lord and i i was not a religious person at the time and i said lord why why does the world hate me so much Mm. and lord can i get a supreme pizza here soon show Mm, me a sign i was hungry i was empty and just then Cops found me. There was a light. They found me. And that was, I believe, the Lord. Awesome. And, uh, oh, you thought the cop light was the Lord. I mistook it for the Lord. Yeah. But mm-hmm. it turned out to be the authorities. Oh. And uh, and I got arrested and then kind of, and then had a kind of a, you know, a year or two where I, I, I still was trying to get back in and was out. And I was like, you know what? I'm done with LA for now. And so I moved back in and I've really found community and I have found uh, fellowship, which are two different things. And I found pers- a personal moral compass awesome. with the, with the Lord, so I'm, I'm forever grateful for that. Well, it does sound like you were painting yourself into a, I, I guess that was also when you said I paint myself into a corner, I was also wondering, because you do have a lot of paint spatters kind of on your jeans there, and so are you working as a painter or? What? I am, I oh, am right a now. house okay. painter. Okay, yeah. I'm working I'm working with this uh, really great, really great business. They employ college kids to paint houses, and it's really fun, seasonal, and I just hopped on, I said, hey, I'm, I'm a, they think I'm 22, he. Uh, what, what's uh, it called, oh, which one is it? Uh, it's Fright Rushes with Brushes. Fright rushes with brushes. Yeah. Oh, I've seen the truck. I've yes. used them. They did the trim of my house. That's great. Oh. Yes. No. So you know. Oh, so you know they fantastic. are the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any color you want. Mm-hmm. Any. Uh, any. You know. It could be acrylic. It could be lead based. It could whatever kind of paint you want. We do it. If you have aluminum siding that you want, like a coat over. We do. We, we don't say no. And are they actually fraternity guys? They are. Okay. Yeah, 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 they are. Yeah. So yeah. Do you have to yeah. rush so a frat I'm, to be working there. You do, you do, and I and I and I do, and I do every summer because it's seasonal employment. And so the the thing is, is they basically you do an interview, you give them your resume, and they're like, "Great, you're greenlit." Now you have to rush a frat of your choice. Oh, Just wow. make sure you document it and can prove it to us, and then they hire you. And do they haze you a lot? Yeah, yeah. Oh no. Yeah. So it, it, it I I thought you know based on you know all the media snafus about like, no, you know, this fraternity was caught paddling this, this person had to do this to a sheep, like all that stuff. I thought hazing has, has gone the way of the dodo. It turns out it's thriving right now oh. and it's a big TikTok thing. Oh. So they've, yeah. So there's a lot of like uh, physical, a lot. I've had to jump off of a three story house onto raw ground, raw ground. Oh. Yep. Shattered oh. both of my knees that way. Oh, yep. No. And then, and then they said, and then they said, if you really want to be a part of this frat, you have to do it again. I did it. I did it again. So, I, so, so I'm never, I'm never, I'm never going to run fluidly again. Oh. I'm never going to run fluidly again. Well, I'm sorry yeah. that they make you do it every single season. It seems yeah. like once you rush that you'd be able to sort of, you know, be grandfathered in as it were, you know, not to, to give a wink to Chisholm's place, but, you know, it seems like you'd be grandfathered I, I, in to that, that painting program. You know, you, you'd think, and I appreciate that shout out to Chisholm's. Yeah. You think, but it's not the case. And I'm one of those guys. I'm one of those bootstrap guys of like, okay, well, if that's the way, it, if that's what I got to do, that's what I'm going to do then. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I got a rush actually coming up here in, in uh, next week. Oh. For, uh, oh, for, it's that for time beta- of year be- again. It's that time. Yeah. So we got a big dance. We're coordinating a big dance with this frat. And so I have like, I do a couple backflips. Uh, the video, I mean, just to give you an idea. I don't want to spoil it, but it's basically the guys like are up front. And they're like, welcome to Beta Phi. And then they open up the doors and then er- all the guys are in there and there's a couple like, da- you know, flips and stuff and i do the i'm the guy who does the flip so oh. i've been learning that and really hurting my hurting myself practicing that but practice makes practice makes perfection is it's kind of my belief that is really great well i mean i do love that you know you were able to take all this experience that you had on screen 
and you're probably putting on a show of a lifetime for these guys. Mm. And, you know, if I was, you know, in college and a young guy, I'm probably going, hey, this guy loves Jesus. He's in a fraternity. He's cool. And, you know, he can do all these things like, you know, act with the tennis ball and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and other things. Yeah. I mean, thank you. Thank you. I mean, it is that kind of fine line of being egotistical, but also wanting to be, you know, humble. But I, I have no doubt. I mean, they, any of these frat boys would be lucky to call me their friend. They'd be right. lucky to call me their and, friend. So and do that, any of them. They, they, they're too proud to admit it. They're too proud to admit it. They're too proud to invite me to their things. They're pr- too proud to grab a beer after work. But basically, yeah, I mean, like, it is the best part of the job is kind of hobnobbing with these young kids from 6 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. Monday through Friday in the summers. And, uh, and, and yeah, I mean, it's it basically they know my door's open. And uh, uh, they just, they just, you know, hey, wouldn't it be crazy if we grabbed a beer after this? I say, and uh, they usually don't. They, they're just not interested, and that's their prerogative. But, but, uh, but it's been nice to kind of just mingle, mingle with, you know, the youth and figure out what's new. Did you know? Have you heard bet? That's bet, or all right, bet. Uh, no, a, was that? Was that yeah, it's a term. I don't know what it means, but that's what they say it a lot. Like all right, bet. So oh. okay, kind of interesting. Yeah. Are you married? I'm not. I'm not. Oh well, I yeah. love to fix people up. So, uh oh, uh oh. Well, I'm, 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 uh, I'm, I'm single, and and I'm trying to mingle. I, I was very career focused there for a while. On the Chisholm years, I was very, very, very focused on just having casual sex, just casual sex. Oh, and sure. now I'm, I, I've, yeah, I found myself in a place where you know, hey, what if that was? What if this wasn't just an empty pursuit yeah. of carnal pleasure? Yeah, what if right. this was? Yeah. What if this meant something? What if? What if this grew into something? What if? Uh, oh yeah. And, well, and I'm hearing, Nate, yeah. I know that God is preparing a person for you. She is going to taste better than a supreme pizza. She, her sausage is going to be spicy. Mm. Her olives are going to be black. Her peppers are going to be green. Okay. Mm. Her sauce mm. is going to be tangy. Okay, her no, crust is going to be crunchy. That point okay. to the tip of that piece of pizza is going to come right into your mouth. You're going to kiss it. Go all, the way. Yeah, all right. All right. Yeah. I, get, I really appreciate that. I really appreciate that. Yeah. No, absolutely. And you know, absolutely. Something I you really need, appreciate where that's coming from. You, you need to worry, but like, I, you know, something that's happening with a lot of my teens who come to Climax now is, you know, they're going, look, everyone is in school. They're talking about casual sex and I'm going, oh, guys, I don't even know what that means other than it sounds lazy. Uh, and you just, uh-huh. you know, it sounds like you're just falling asleep in a yep. lazy boy. Yep. It, it, yep. You make things too casual. Yep. You know, it's just, it becomes commonplace. And I think that sounds silly. I just keep saying, guys, that sounds silly. And now I'll say, that's bet. I hope that means bad. Yeah, I think uh, that, because, I, yeah. And okay. Yeah, absolutely. Just say, when they say that, say, that's bet. Nate Mustard was played by the lovely Nick Mastad. Follow him at nick Mastad. I'm Holly Laurent playing Hallie LeBont, and Grey House was played by Greg Hess. Follow us and Mega the Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. And if you really want to get out of hell free card, support us on Patreon. The link is in the show notes. <laughs>